us two assholes with opinions. Crid dicks, they calls us. We 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 crid do. We crid dick things. Hello, this is the Couple of Critics podcast. I'm going for an official intro. Watch this. Hi, this is the Couple of Critics Podcast. Welcome. My name is Sam. What's your name? And you didn't have to say what's your name. That's not official. Fuck, I'm not professional. That's what That's what took it all away. I'm not professional. What's your name? I meant the people listening. What's your name? Oh, that's nice. My name's Sally. What? Your name's what? My name's Sally. Sally? I hang out every morning in my trailer. I get up about 6.30 a.m. every morning. I'm retired, and I don't have to get up, but I do. I get up, and I start my pot of coffee. You know, my pot like black? of coffee. Oh, honey, I use so much cream and sugar. That's why I take a nap by nine. You like breathing in to microphones and making people's spines tingle? Oh, I just like to live my life and wake up and then drink sugar and then take a nap and then watch Ellen on the telly. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about anymore. I tried to follow along. That's because you don't ever listen. Stop talking to in this fucking voice. You don't ever listen to me. If you would just listen. It's because I can't stand this voice. Oh, there's nothing wrong with this voice. There I'm is. just a calm, relaxed way. Yeah. I'm handling That's my not... life in a controlled way. There we go. And I'm tired of you trying oh, to tell God. me who to be and what to do. I swear to God, I am going to flip the fuck out and probably break something because I have been trying to keep my shit together and I think I've been keeping my cool all right and you broke me you broke me you're not gonna hear that voice anymore and you're gonna be happy true so we're on a podcast we're sitting in a room what's a podcast stop doing the fucking voice I have to raise that shit that's work for this guy the engineer. Sorry, guys. You don't deserve any uh, anything fun because Sam has to work and Sam doesn't want to work. That's true. Even though I do a lot of work. If it involves me directly. Because <laughs> I'm a selfish prick. And even though this technically does, it's still... You're just not worth it, guys. Sorry. Yeah, fuck all of you. I didn't mean that. Please don't run away. I love all of you. I don't love any of you. I didn't mean that. You're all right. I don't know any of you. What's up? I'm just hanging out while you have your uh, little exercise of feelings from the sound of it. I have feelings where I often want to tell people to fuck off, but then I realize if I do, then they will fuck off and then I will need them. Are you talking about me right now? No, I'm talking about a lot of people. Like family? Anybody, really. You don't ever get that feeling where you're just like, I wish I could tell everyone to fuck off. Of course I do. But then you realize you can't. I've shut down from so many people and shut so many people out. Yeah. Shut them out like gout. Yeah. If it was the old days where we didn't have to rely on everyone and we could just grow our own food and not pay property taxes, we could tell people to fuck off. We wouldn't be connected to people. It wouldn't matter. It was a time when you actually did kind of uh, mind your own fucking business. People don't really mind their own fucking business anymore. Some people do. And but even old people are on Facebook sharing like crazy wild stuff that doesn't make sense, that isn't true. Oh yeah, crazy fucking old man. They say that when you're old, that when you know you become wise with age, 
But some people will one become bitter. But I think that that's kind of a given because life sucks. So I kind of fall into that category. But some people just show how dumb they are, I guess. Social media just isn't for everyone. And whether they realize it or not, because they don't. I have a feeling it's for no one. And it should be shut down. <laughs> By the way, follow us on social media. Yeah, a couple of critics <laughs> podcast page on Facebook and a couple of critics podcast on Instagram. Tell people who <coughs> you think would be into us, which I have a feeling probably not a lot of people. It's in the millions. I haven't been telling you the numbers because it's in the millions. Oh, that's what we're saying now. We're in the it's millions. In the fucking millions. Yeah, you just haven't been telling me the, this news that and the number is hit in the millions. I mean, that's something you definitely would keep to yourself. People keep hitting us up for advertisements trying to pay us money and I keep saying, no, no, no. We're not doing this for money. There's no money here. Yeah, because I only do things that I want to do. So, I mean, even though you're offering money and there would be a reason to play around for people and do things that might involve a little extra work, it's not fucking worth it. You're not worth it. We're back to this. <laughs> we're back to this. So, um, since we're in really feel-good moods, we reviewed... Ah. Oh, I'm sorry. We watched... We have already previously reviewed this, but the episode was lost, so we watched it again. We kept our old notes. Did a little bit of revi I did a little bit of revising. I'm not sure what you did. I didn't revise, but I'm gonna do in the time there. What the fuck is it called? In the moment revising. Because I have different feelings this time. I do too. Should actually. we go? I mean, you explained it, but we did record yes. a full episode of this podcast, and as well as another movie. Yeah, we've talked about this before that there was an <coughs> issue with transferring files and a couple files, a couple episodes. That we had as, uh, what would you call them, like stock episodes. Backups. So in case we couldn't record one week. Some movies, yeah. Safe. And this is coming up soon. Sam's about ready to go to uh, California, California soon. So this is being recorded uh, as an extra thing. But for you, it won't be extra. It'll just no. be another week. So we reviewed the movie Parenthood. Again. Again. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I've seen this movie so many times my entire life. I've always really thoroughly enjoyed it. But I, too, I don't know if it's with you or just from like ha being from a different perspective where I'm kind of forcing my brain to be a little more analytical and not just because I'm not someone who really thoroughly analyzes movies when I watch them. I very much am someone I'm an audience that people make movies for. Like you're the, it, it's very, uh, the face of it. I just get lost in it. I'm very gullible. I. Where they lead you, you go. Absolutely. If, if this is going to be a jumping moment, I'm probably going to jump. You're jumping. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to do anything like that. My jaw might drop because I'm not a big, huge gore fan, but luckily there's not any gore. Or a huge gore fan. <laughs> Yeah, there are no Guar fans in Parenthood. There's gore talk in this. There is fucking definitely gore talk, and people seem to be pretty into it. And I'm so, not talking Al Gore talk. No, not Al Gore talk. So Parenthood is a movie that came out in 1989. There has since been a TV show that was unsuccessful in the early 90s that they tried to do after this. And then there was a very well-received TV show. That came out in the 2000s. I'm sure you said that last time, but I didn't know there was a show in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Not with Steve Martin, right? No. Okay. I don't think anyone carried over. 
I think it was an entirely new cast. And I don't think many people watched it. I think it lasted maybe a season. Hmm. How long did the the second TV version run? I don't remember. Multiple it, years? Exactly. But it was probably something around like seven seasons. Maybe more. Well, maybe not many more. Maybe okay, that, around seven seasons. That was Seventh Heaven. I was getting ready to be like, wait a minute, that's not the uh, show with old dude. When is a sexually abusive minister. Seventh Heaven. <laughs> okay. So that, I'm right, though. That was Seventh Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but we are talking about Parenthood, the movie. This movie has a huge mungus cast. The cast is a fucking powerhouse. Uh, I do have this pulled up here. Oh, wait, kind of, because I also have lyrics to something else pulled up. So This is one of those movies that I didn't realize. This is like my first, in, uh, I shouldn't say first introduction, but I didn't realize that Mary Steenburgen went back so far. Really? She was in the Back to the Future movies. And weren't those late 80s? She was in the Back to the Future movies? Mary Steenburgen? Who was she? How do I not know who Oh, is? wait, she was in the third one. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was the Doc's... The, the, the Dax lady. Dax uh, right. lady. She was just in the third one. Okay. I revise my previous. No, my first really Mary Steenburgen was Step Brothers, I think. And then I went back. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm serious. That was I see. I don't like that version of her. I don't. I don't really like that version of her. But that's when I first. When I saw her in this, I went. I mean, I knew who Mary Steenburgen was, but like, mm -hmm. I my first thought is still Step Brothers. Every time. So I actually Sorry I interrupted you on the cast. No, though. it's fine. I want to. I'm just kind of doing a really quick swipe through her movies to see what I've seen her in before. So she was in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which you had seen, but I've didn't. I've never like. seen that movie. You've silly seen parts of it. I've seen parts of it. I remember my brother and maybe my mother watching it and me walking through the room and going, yeah, this is not meant for a child my age. Okay. Um, Philadelphia. Have you ever seen Philadelphia? No. I'm only asking movies that, that I Tom Hanks? have seen. Yes. And Denzel. No. Is that the one with AIDS in it? Yeah. <laughs> AIDS also stars in the AIDS movie. Is, AIDS has a role. I would say that AIDS has the starring role in yeah, the, the movie. the starring role. I think we're going to give that to I AIDS. I heard when AIDS went for the audition, he just fucking wowed him as soon as he walked in. Floored him. Definitely first on the call list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, Powder. She was in Powder? She was in Powder. Okay, I, I saw Powder in theater once. I've uh -huh. seen it once, but uh -huh. I don't remember a fucking I, thing about it. I think it. I saw it at the drive in. I lied. I do remember something about it. Do you remember anything about it? Powder? Yeah. I remember him being electrocuted. I don't remember much about it at all. Isn't his... Wasn't his mother electrocuted while she was pregnant? I don't know. Was Mary his and mom? And that's why he's all white and powder. He's a white? He's a white powder. But no, I just remember he brings like... Somebody shoots a deer and he's like, feel the pain. Yeah, I the do. Deer, and he like grabs the deer and grabs the dude at the same time. Is and the guy's like, <laughs> does he bring him back to life? I think I he. Don't remember. I feel like he might have. I also remember my mom weeping and us leaving out of the side exits of the theater because she didn't want people to see her teared up. What about? She didn't want to leave out the front door. What about the movie I Am Sam? I mean, I wrote it, but I've never seen it. With Sean, Penn. was Mary in it? 
That's why I'm mentioning these movies. <laughs> with Sean Penn and Michelle Pfeiffer. Sean Penn? Which one's... He's I a mentally care. handicapped man. I sound so fucking dumb, and I know it drives, the show drives my brother crazy. Which one's Sean and which one's the other one? Well, one is dead and one is alive. Which one's the dead one? Chris. He was the good one, right? He was chubby. Yeah, I liked him. Uh, Sean Penn was rumored to have beat the shit out of Madonna, but apparently she has since admitted that she made that shit up. Really? Which is why it is important. I'm taking a fucking stand, and I know that you share the same stand. Wait, don't let me into this before you say it. (laughs) Due process. You can say anything right now. (laughs) Due process is fucking important. Oh, and dying? You cannot just take and dying. And it's dying. Oh. People are... Yeah, you you're can't executed, just... not literally executed, but you're executed before you're proven that you're actually the piece of shit you're accused of being. Yeah, like I support the Me Too thing, um, but I think that it did go awry because people started looking into situations that they never, that maybe weren't actually abuse, but they kind of wanted to fit the mold of this big, huge supposed revolution that was happening it's fun to point that finger too or and it's also just fun to be like yeah i will i'm included i'm a good person look how good i am but this this thing happened to me and i'm a survivor people really like being a survivor and again if if your situation is true Uh, abuse i mean and i'm someone who i've dealt with things growing up and i have yeah I'm not I'm not supportive of anything. I'm just not saying that you should believe everything that someone who is emotionally distraught says because sometimes we've all played the telephone game. We've all played the game where over time our stories do become more exaggerated and we believe that that's what really happened because it's just how the brain works. We've manipulated our own histories. That's your opinion, your opinion only. Even though I share a similar opinion. I'm just not getting taken down on the fucking flames with you. <laughs> I don't think, I think what, because I think that due process is fair and then you should actually listen to both sides of the story. The millions of people that are listening to this right now. Yeah, the millions of fucking people. Yeah, I told you the numbers are in. I'm not saying that our legal system doesn't uh, fail constantly, but there are times when... The good things, good things do happen when technology allows certain things, like all of these people being released after DNA evidence is proving that they didn't commit crimes that they've been in jail for for multiple decades. So, yeah, but now I can't get away with murder. It's so hard to murder someone now. I'm born in the wrong fucking time. Oh wait, I don't want to murder anyone. Never mind. All right, so we again our uh banter totally fits the subject matter of the movie that we watched parenthood we don't which have is, kids which is a pretty <laughs> it's a family friendly movie but it's definitely a movie for parents not the kids oh yeah but uh, i think it's a movie that parents and kids could watch together it is and it's got you know it's got a lot of side jokes or side looks at it like right parents you know what this moment feels like that i think probably did breeze by me mm-hmm I think I knew they were there, but I don't have the connection to it. Yeah. Since the no child thing. So going back to the cast, this 
movie has a fucking powerhouse cast. You did bring up Mary Steedenburgen. We talked about Mary for quite a while, as if she's the star of this. Um, but I would say the number one main person in this movie would be Steve Martin, Gil Buckman. Steve Martin's first movie? No. God damn it. 1989. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know how to deal with your jokes because they're so bad. I don't even know how to respond <laughs> other even, than be serious. They're not even really jokes. They're just uh, derailments. And I like derailments. Well, I get irritated, so. I know. I think that's why it makes me laugh. <laughs> Carry on. You're the biggest wayward wife. Jesus Christ. So Steve Martin, Diane Weist, Martha Plimpton, Mary Steenburgen, Rick motherfucking Moranis. We have Tom Holche, who I assume that's how you pronounce his name. He was the star, the leading role in the movie Amadeus, which is about Mozart, and I own and love I'm this movie. Holke. H-O-L-C-E, right? H-U-L-C-E. Oh. Okay. I don't know. Jason Robards. Uh, we have... Uh, what is how do you say that Ivy Ann Schwan, who was the little girl from Problem Child Two, she oh. acted quite a bit in the nineties. Um, I didn't realize that Bryce Dallas Howard was in this as well. Um, since this is a Clint, I'm not a Clint. I'm sorry. This is a Ron Howard movie. This is a Ron um, Howard joint. This is a Ron Howard joint. So of course he put his daughter Bryce Dallas Howard and his brother Clint Howard in it. We also have a young Joaquin Phoenix, Keanu Reeves. And many more people in this Keanu. late 80s, in my opinion, fucking classic. So I think that it is a good idea after ranting and raving to go ahead and listen to the movie trailer. Um, again, I've known this movie for a long time. I don't know when I was technically first introduced to it, but I know that it's something that I've been I've watched I've for a long time it was something that I felt like I needed to own I don't remember the first time I watched it I just feel like it's something I've always been familiar with it's just been in your life for a long time it just has so here is the parenthood movie trailer there's still one last frontier one place where an ordinary man can be a hero howdy partner I think trailers are often so bad. This one too. I mean, I think it makes the movie look like a fun family movie. Yeah, exactly. For sure. But it's also just kind of cheese. It makes the movie look cheesier than it is. I don't know if it does. I think the music doesn't really help. Maybe that's part of it. Even though I really like that song. Yeah. Maybe I think it's... It's a voyage of I don't know. The movie. That you're watching these because you're curious about sex, you know, or filmmaking. What do we say when we see a cute eight-year-old girl walk by? Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Quest that it's. knowledge. If you want to have just an ordinary academic career. The movie itself kind of shows everything of parenthood. They don't like just how fun it is. And it's not they also just show you how miserable it is. And it's not just like. It's not even um, it just about one. parenthood. It's just about life. It's a, it shows you an extended family, like a, you know, like a grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, which are technically the brother and sister, because you're you're mostly concerned about the parents, not all of all of their children. Their children have stories, but it's really about the parents. 
Yeah, but what I was going to say is that the trailer is just is showing you that it's all happy. Hey, what do you say later? So I think they do that on purpose. Tom Hulse. No, Grandma, except Hulse. Hulse? There we go. It's Hulse. Bummer. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Rick Moranis. So first of Martha Plimpton. Hulse is the first one that they <laughs> said. I bet he was huge at that point. She's still at school. She's got cheerleading practice. When did Jason Mozart come out? It was around this time, and it won it huge. the huge. Academy Award he for Movie of the Year. He was in Animal House, too, so he was a big guy from that. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He yeah. was. He was big in the 80s. Yeah. And yeah, he's just a big person currently in life. He's got a weird look to him. He's got, like, something that you kind of do want to keep watching. It could happen. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's Mozart. When he's Mozart, he's a great actor, even though it's really cartoonish. Well, it's because it's Mozart. It fits for fucking Mozart. Yeah. Like we, little, uh, when we were watching this, you said he's not that good of an actor in this movie. I think he's a little, he's an overactor in this movie. He's a His way overactor. His way overacted. Yeah. But, I'm just getting to the race, Jack. But then technically in Amadeus, he was also a big overactor, but that was part of the character. Yeah, that's supposed to be that way. But yeah. then at the same time, that's not how he wasn't that flamboyant. So there were oh, a lot of people life? who weren't happy with that depiction of Mozart because he was not eh, someone who was just had this like ridiculous like ah, laugh like he did. Yeah, but we can suspend that crazy disbelief in a time that we're not familiar with way better than we can or way easier than we can with no, that's a garage with a car with his dad. I've been in a car or a garage with a dad before. Not that's your not dad. how you fucking act. No, not my dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure I was in a garage at least once with him. I mean, you know, there's not a garage at in the heaven? house that you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing even. I don't even. I have nothing to say after that. <laughs> <laughs> so all right anyway i think that this movie uh is great so it's i time to talk to about this fucking movie review it so again i think that the like how you said actually that it makes the the parenthood and the lifestyle look more positive and uplifting I think the trailer did yeah. yeah the trailer yeah um i mean there are some things that happen like when the daughter projectile vomits all over him and he oh, says yeah. like so there's something like that, and then I'm waiting you for know, your head to spin around. That's for the puking part is for the kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's oh oh it's gross. Let's go see it. It's gross. And then as a parent, you at least get to go. Well, at least I get an exorcist joke at the end mm-hmm. of it. So yeah. it's that ter- trailer was made to say, hey, bring your f- whole fucking family. Yeah. It what was it rated? Do you know PG? Uh, let me look. But I don't uh, know. It's PG thirteen probably because it's got a lot. It's got the fucking blowjob and roadhead references. Uh, roadhead. Oh, gee, is on uh Google. Only eighty four percent of Google users like this. Um, seven out of ten on IMDb. Ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I can see film nerds not putting themselves in a. I think you do need to watch a lot of films who they were made for. If you're into fucking sci-fi and like horror movies, you don't watch Parenthood thinking like, is this movie for me? Mm -hmm. You watch it. Is this a good family film? Yeah. So I bet the other 20% or wherever it was that didn't like it, they're just fucking film nerds. Yeah. Well, it's technically 16, so I would say 84% is still pretty decent. Yeah, fucking nerds. Um, No exact numbers. And it's a movie that came out (laughs) Technically, at this point now, 
It's been 30 fucking years since this movie came out. 34 years? 30 fucking years. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was 89, right? Yes. 30 hmm. years. Uh, it's PG-13, Because I saw it in theater, from what I've heard. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, because you <laughs> thought that you would watch this for the first time with me. PG-13. Okay. Um, But you apparently, per your Aunt Pam, you watched this when you were young, when it came out. And you, your mother cried. Because my mother cries at films. I think I mentioned she cried during Powder earlier. <laughs> that's because she's an empath, and that's not a bad thing. She is in movies. Yeah, not in life. She's fucking, <laughs> she's a cold bitch. Just kidding. I love you, Annette, even though I know that you said that you can't listen to this. She cause... will not listen to this, especially since we made a dead dad joke earlier. That was her husband. That's <laughs> actually happened many times, and she probably wouldn't appreciate that stuff. Sorry. Um... We laugh because it's painful. That's all you can... The, be, I, the best way to deal with the pain, in my opinion, is laughter. Just cut yourself. Um, so I don't remember... Oh, so... That was a joke. Don't cut yourself. So Sam's mother cried. And because Sam was like three, been four... Three, yeah. He, he would have been like four years old, I assume. Um, you cried because your mom cried. Yeah. Little baby boy. Little sweet red-headed... Dinosaur skin, face. Dinosaur face. Pterodactyl looking son of a bitch. Looked at his Just mama and said, she's got tears in her eyes. When you were four, I you bet, were adorable. Fuck, when am I? Th- I There's just one picture of you when you were like an infant and you looked weird or when you had teeth for the first time. Oh, yeah. And they started being gapped for the first time. Um, would my dad have been alive? Yes. Wow. You were five. So for my mom... This is like, this is life. Little boy. She has another son that's older. So she's, it'd be like, uh, fuck Bob would have been, what, 13, 12, something like that. I can't do fucking math. He was 13, you were five. No, wait. Yeah, eight year difference. Yeah, so this is my mom's life, pretty much. Which one? Which character? Mary. I think she's the Steen Virgin. Okay. The family still together. Still making a little wacky. She still wouldn't be making babies like they were though. She was supposed to have that third child, but then she had like that one. Uh, she wouldn't have had you, right? No, I would have been the middle child. But she had like what that necrophagia song is—a stillborn. So did she actually deliver? I think so. She went through the entire pregnancy. I'm not sure about an entire, but maybe. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was a traumatic event. Yes. I'm sorry that we're talking about this. Okay, let's move on (laughs) to the goddamn movie. I feel bad. So the opening of this movie, it starts with a scene of, and I'm not going to go through every scene of this movie, don't worry. But the opening scene is important because it's so good. So it's a little boy and his dad at a baseball game. The boy sits down. He has his popcorn. The dad gets an usher whom he pays. He's going to go watch the boy. It sounds like gamble or something. He's going to go do something. And apparently this is a regular thing that happens. He always pays an usher. So this entire scene is what we find out to be an amalgam of all of the ushers over time who have been paid to sit with him that he has just created in the memory 
to have a very grown-up conversation with, because, again, this is coming from the mind of grown-up Gil. A 35-year-old man, he says. Steve Martin is supposed to be 35 in this movie. He's just been white forever. And to, yeah. His hair. To me, he looks like he's like... In his 50s? Yeah, I was going to say earliest 48. But you know what? That means that he has looked good, technically, for a long time because he's looked about the same. For he, He's just kept his skin looking good because he's healthy. That's true. His hair has looked the same. So, I mean, he's just like frozen in time. It's very physically. true. I so, thought this uh, whole beginning was a clever, a clever intro. That it's, yeah, it's like a flashback, but it's not like a real flashback. Again, kind of like I previously said, we kind of create and morph our memories a little bit. Oh, yeah. Instead of it, him going through and having specific times of it happening it was just kind of all brought together as one situation to represent how his dad was not a good dad to him yeah and i think it's a really good uh it's a really good quick way to give you the mindset of gill in general Mm -hmm. that he's just wants to do a good job yeah and that he's a, a stressed dude and he's just like clashed it all the time you know yeah the whole time he's frantic in the whole movie and it wasn't until the last time when we had actually when we were in the process of recording this last time that i i had never even thought about his dad character being the dad character in the movie like the oh, grandpa in the beginning. so i've completely dissociated that with that guy because uh-huh. we come to find the dad as being like Kind of a curmudgeon, but kind of also. I mean, he's affectionate. He's he takes he's care a, of shit. He's he, a t- tough love. He's just snarky as it's fuck. Tough love. Yeah. Come on, you fucking idiot, get up! I said that out of love. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, it's just I I never connected we, them as being the same person. Yeah, so we both it's noticed an, it. It's an interesting perspective from the voice this time because uh-huh. I was much more familiar with the voice. I was like, oh fuck, they. You know it wasn't the same guy though. It was, it wasn't it was totally a body double. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was not. It wasn't even a body double because he had. Um, he had like fresh skin and. He had uh, dark hair. He did have dark hair. You're right because mm-hmm. when he hop jumps and skips away <laughs> down the fucking fuck you kill. Yeah, like I got rid of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it it comes to it kind of cuts to the current day at the time and the. 80s and he is an adult man and then the game is over and it is time to go and then all of a sudden we are gifted a randy newman song for the opening sequence as randy newman i don't think that he was i don't know if he was as well known as stuff like that i think it was like around the toy story time that he really blew up with writing scores for movies and at least writing that real theme songs what do you mean I don't. I just don't know what Randy Newman's he I think, trajectory is. I feel like in 1989 he is fucking Randy Newman. No, he was Randy Newman, but I don't. I mean, now he's not known as this guy. I think he was, but before oh. people knew him as someone who was a musician. Now, like I feel like I I learned who Randy Newman is as a guy who does soundtracks for movies oh, or from scores, scores movies ah, it's like a danny elfman situation so it's like working backwards and then realizing uh-huh. no he, he started as an actual artist yeah. and a songwriter and then became basically a songwriter for movies uh-huh. was short people a non that movie was a song hit. yeah that was just but that a was song that, that was just did. a song you wrote right mm-hmm. so deep the 
That happened with me with Danny Elfman. You remember when I started getting into Oingo Boingo? Yes. Then I was like, wait a minute. That says Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman's fucking Danny Elfman. What the fuck? Oh my God. And then I just like blew my mind that I, no wonder I like this voice because I liked fucking Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. For my entire life. So uh, after. Before it was cool. After we get this Randy Newman song, we go into, because the family is leaving the the game, you know, it's crazy kids, they have multiple kids, got to get them all in the van. So they have three, right? They have three. Okay. How and old do you think that youngest kid is? Two? Oh, the little shit. He's probably like three, I would okay. say. I'm not good with kid ages. Because so. he can he can talk, but he's not good with like forming sentences. Yeah, he's old shit. enough to ram his fucking head into walls. Yeah, he's not. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm not good with kid ages. Because early, later when he says an eight year old kid, I'm like that kid's only eight. Yeah. I'm not kid. good with ages. So we are in the van. <laughs> And we are riding home, and we are going to get a clip of when you're sliding in the first day, you're feeling something first. Diarrhea, diarrhea. <laughs> when you're sliding in the third, and when you juicy turd, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sliding in the home, and your shirts are full of foam, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sitting in your Chevy, and your shirts are feeling heavy, diarrhea, diarrhea. Kevin, honey, where'd you learn that song? Last summer at camp, Ah, uh, that was money well spent. Love uh, it. Classic jokes. Actually, I think it still goes. Hold on. Oh, yeah, they start singing all when together. you're sliding in the first and you're feeling something first, diarrhea. Diarrhea. Oh, that was it. Okay. It was just them all doing it together, and that was really important that we hear that. I like this movie because there's jokes in it. Actual jokes throughout the entire movie. Yeah, there Clever are. Clever jokes. Uh huh. Because there are times, and I we have watched this together twice now, and where there are like kind of gut busting laughs. At least a a few times in this movie. This movie is not dumb. I, it is a Ron Howard movie, so you know it kind of it it does a, approach a, feelings. Yeah, but, but there's a certain quality, right? I mean, Ron Howard, he doesn't like make a shitty movie ever. I mean, I mean, you might not like a movie, but he doesn't make a bad quality film ever. Yeah, I don't right? think so. Not to my knowledge, at least. So we are introduced <laughs> to the family. We are quickly introduced to their youngest, whom we were trying. Maybe he's like two. I would call him three at the most. But we see him in only a cowboy's getup without any clothes. So he's got the fucking uh, holster and the cowboy hat and the baby dick. Right there. Baby dick for everyone to see. And baby butt, but the Different baby time. dick is much more jaring. Because you would not see that. No, I don't think they would do now. that today. No, right? they would not, because they would be no. like, that's offensive. That's child porn. And it's not fucking child porn, but now it's so uncomfortable. It's not, and there I think there's a fear that someone could use it that way. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm not like I don't think of it as child porn, but I still don't really want to see it. It's weird how much they've made us, like, uncomfortable with looking at the human body. Yeah. Yeah. And even though, like, because it's not sexualized, but you see it and you're like, oh, my God. Like, like you just immediately think 
is this being sexualized? Is, yeah, Am yeah. I should I be even looking at this? Like, is it shameful? Blah, 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 I feel blah. bad. Like, yeah, it's this whole fucking thing that comes through. Like, I shouldn't be looking at this child's penis. <laughs> I mean, I understand like a baby butt shot because that's not. I mean, big fat baby butt cheeks. That's not offensive. That's just skin. But seeing a baby's dick is. It's a little weird. It's something I love the movie, but I don't love that part. It's a little I'll weird. Just say that. Um, but we do get to see Steve Martin in uh, Tidy Whities. Oh yeah, but I not Whities, Tidy Grays. Yeah, I wrote down. I get to see Steve Martin penile lump. <laughs> and we do. We all do. <laughs> I don't know how big Steve Martin's dick is. <laughs> I bet he is average, but pleasant. What do you mean average but pleasant? Average, but I think that he himself is oh, pleasant. Oh, a pleasant lover? Yes. Gotcha. So I think that it's average, but like he is pleasant enough to make it... So like me, but minus the pleasant A thing. good time. <laughs> I don't think that you should wait for an answer. I think we should move on. No, please don't insult my penis in front of everyone. <laughs> I can do that enough myself. So um, we are introduced to... God, I don't want to go through the movie like this, but yeah, Keanu Reeves saying. is in this movie. This is an early role for Keanu Reeves. I don't know if it's done on purpose. I don't know if it's to make you not like him when you're in it, when he's being introduced. But he, to me, comes across as a really bad actor, which I think that his acting improves as the movie goes on. Not great. I think he's still awful, but I think he starts yeah. being like really dumb and kind of pathetic in the beginning. I wonder if that's what they wanted. That's what I'm saying. If they like dumbed him down to get the point across and made him like seem awful, because uh, this and is just not good. Because this is 1989, so this is like peak dummy fucking skater time. That like they're trying to appeal to adults in a way of like, uh, this is that mall kid. This is that. Look at his hairs and his eyes and, eh, bro, ah. Uh, uh, so they're just like <coughs> they wanted. Are you okay? Yeah, you all right? Water went down the wrong water hole, went, as they say. Uh, I'm st water in the hole. Don't die on me. I'm fine. I'm breathing. If Don't I'm coughing, die. I'm breathing. Good. <sighs> <All right>. Breathing. <coughs> anyway, Continue. I'm sorry, I think guys. they make him like that so that parents, parents is how I said it, will. You'll naturally immediately be rubbed wrong by him so that you are with her when she says things like that Todd. You, uh -huh. you, as a parent, you are like, yeah, that Todd. Yeah. So Keanu, Just immediately. Keanu is playing the role of Martha Plimpton's character's boyfriend. And Diane Weiss is the mother to Martha Plimpton's character and Joaquin Phoenix's character. And she does not have a good relationship okay. with either one of her kids. Go back. a bully. See, there was the yawn. We called it. Who go back? Who's Diane Plimpton? Uh, I have no idea. Maybe Martha Plimpton's aunt. Oh, but Diane <laughs> Diane Weiss is the the mom. She's the mom, and her name is Helen, right? Helen. Okay. And her daughter. Okay. Is played by Martha Plimpton. Okay, Buffalo Bill. Who Sam thinks looks like Buffalo Bill sometimes in the movie because she's when, clearly wearing a wig. When she's got the robe on 
in the first scene you see her in, it's it's like the same robe that Buffalo Bill has when he's doing the video with his dick tucked in between his legs and he's doing the would you fuck me shit. Would you fuck I'm sure me? She would love that. So I'm not saying she's not a pretty girl. She just she's very pretty at the very end. They are they're just kind of similar. So. <laughs> So she's a rebellious teenager. Todd is her boyfriend who is played by Keanu Reeves. She is secretly fucking them in her mom's house. And her little brother is Joaquin Phoenix, who is very non-vocal, it seems. He's in and out of the house. He has a brown paper bag. It's really crumbled. We don't know what's in it, but he's just always secretive. He's getting in and out of that bag a lot. In and out of his bedroom in the house constantly. Um, how old is the daughter? Seventeen. Uh, I would imagine she is seventeen because she is still in high school, but yeah. she's like kind of almost an adult. You can tell. Keanu's eighteen. I think so. I don't. He okay. isn't in school anymore. And Joaquin is like what twelve, thirteen. I yeah, I would say. Okay. Interesting. That would be my guess. Am um, I allowed to jump way far ahead with the Joaquin character? Yeah, it doesn't really matter because I don't want to follow. I don't want to like follow the line. Structure. I'd rather just talk about. I agree. So, what I'd say twelve, thirteen is when I started cranking the old. Yeah, so we do find out <laughs> later on in the movie that this bag has uh, dirty movies disguised in the. Cover, the VHS covers. Yeah, what was the of cover? Movies. What was the cover it was in? It was Back fuck. to the Future. Yeah, but then there were also just regular movies of that time. Well, fuck, Back to the Future. What time did that come out? That obviously came out before this because yeah. it was in the movie. Okay, so she holds it up because later the mom wants to know what the fuck is up with her kid, and a dirty movie comes out, and which is called Wet Wild and Ready. Wet Wild and Ready. <laughs> so it's really just that her son is going through, Joaquin's character is going through puberty, his dad isn't around, he's just fucking weird, she can't connect with either of her kids, because it, actually it's both, because He's jerking off, she, he's and then Martha Plimpton off. is fucking she's Keanu fucking Reeves, and, and not just that. And and she's fucking a dildo, yeah, she's a, got a, a dildo. vibrator. So there's also a scene regarding the sexuality, because this is something that's referenced multiple times. When she finds that her son, uh, the tapes, she puts it in to watch it, because she wants to know what it's about. She takes the time to watch that porno and of course you know family members end up coming in oh you didn't answer the door the door was unlocked and they came in and they see her watching this movie and oh my god walking phoenix is so fucking mad um but she like was there for a little bit because she wanted to watch it for some reason yeah and then you know what it is right so there's also what happens earlier in the movie is a classic photo develop like one hour place but this was on like a boardwalk on the beach which looked really nice um because i think that they're a, pro- a progressive family uh, and by the way steve martin and diane weiss are brother and sister in this whole makeup of things uh steve martin is married to mary steenburgen um there is another sister i don't ever know her fucking name but she's re- married to rick moranis oh yeah she's- and then 
Uh, she's a kind of a just an extra character almost. Yeah, she has. She's just there for Rick. She Moranis. has at least one really important moment to me. Actually, two really important oh, moments a, in the she's movie. She's a setup. Um, but anyway, so shit. Oh, okay. So they, and by they, I mean it's Todd and Martha Plimpton's character. I can't remember her fucking name at all. Okay, Todd and. Julie. 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 So they go to pick up their photos from a one hour photo place or whatever. And she gets her mom's photos because they're like, oh, yeah, we had another one with, you know, two last names. And that one was picked up earlier. So there was a switch. Why wouldn't you verify what the first name is? Why would oh, you just yeah. if, if there are two last names or I'm sorry, if two different customers with the same last name why wouldn't you verify the uh-huh. first name unless you're just some lazy fucking person who doesn't care you're about lazy your job. i have a i think i might have a way it could actually happen though accidentally happened i got lazy they had already developed buffalo bill's pictures okay julie's pictures buffalo bill and todd buffalo julie bill and todd Bill and Todd. Bill and Todd. Wow, huh? Bill and Todd. There you go. Buffalo Bill and Todd. Buffalo Bill and Todd's excellent adventure. All I right. don't want to be mean to her though, because I feel like I was being a dick. <laughs> Julie, uh, her pictures got done first, and then the mom showed up, and her pictures weren't done yet, so they weren't in the ready bin. So in the ready bin, there was only one of those names. Okay, so I'm going a different route with this. She already hates Todd. She's already talked shit about Todd. Todd. She goes, she gives the last name. They say, we have two. We have two last names. This one or this one. She purposefully gets her daughters because she wants to know what her daughter is well, up to. Why wouldn't she take both then? That's true. Because she wants have to, to set subscribe. it up. I think we're going to have to subscribe to the, the not yet ready bin yet. He I, mean, saw I think one. that's probably more likely, but I'm just, I know, I never thought of the idea that maybe she. Yeah. But I think you're trying to make the point that it's very odd. It, that we you didn't wouldn't mention, verify the first name. I'm, okay. Yeah. That was your point. I thought you were leading to this. The pictures are of her, of Buffalo Bill and yeah, Ted. Yeah. I was leading to this. Okay. Yeah. It was, it, she was looking at pictures of her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend having sex and she was sitting down in her living room and looking through them and like making jokes and stuff and like looking at him and looking at him and then obviously her daughter comes in she's embarrassed she's upset and then she's making jokes like oh this one's for my wallet and (laughs) i mean (laughs) she's just yeah because it was so weird one i would as soon as i realized what they were i'd be like nope Okay, those are down. Not looking at those anymore. Yeah, she <laughs> she used baby wipes to clean shit out of her daughter's vagina crevices when her daughter was a baby. And now she's looking at Todd's penis and her daughter's in vagina crevices. Deep in that stuff. And and maybe it was like technically shock. Maybe that's why she kept yeah. looking. But to yeah. me, is it real? I can't imagine any parent would actually want to look at mm-hmm. that unless she was just curious what her daughter was up to. Maybe there was some weird shit. Maybe she was really shocked and it was just like, I have to know. <laughs> 
because she said that she only saw that Todd's face in one of them. Yeah. All the rest of them was of Julie fucking pagan Todd. <laughs> Just slamming Todd with a strap on. Oh my God, because she did say something uh, when we're introduced to her about how she heard her moaning and asked if she wasn't, you know, feeling well the night before or whatever. Oh, and yeah. then, oh, yeah. And then we find out that it was not her. It, it was, was Keon. It was Todd. It was that Todd. Tiano. 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 Cod. That's hilarious. Was, um, oh, yeah. He's a moaner. So he makes sounds. At this point, we've seen Steve Martin, Penile Lump, and Keanu Penile Lump. And we've seen uh, Steve Martin's son's actual baby dick. Baby penis. <sighs> okay. So we <sighs> are introduced to we are introduced to rick moranis he's a controlling fucking husband oh yeah let's discuss these, with, this, this couple with his uh wife and his child what is her fucking name i probably wrote her name down let me see uh i nope i just wrote wife <laughs> <laughs> nathan is his name nathan and the daughter's name it's is patty. patty yeah patty is the girl who was in problem child too she was she which, showed up in a lot of movies yeah which everybody knows who you're talking about. You've got to. As soon as you say problem, the girl from Problem Child 2. She was so adorable ding. and looked evil at the same time. Yeah. That's it such was, a weird look. Like, Uh-huh. She had a very kind of like... She's like... It was like a pit bull. Smiling. It's yeah. like a pit bull. It's like it's scary as fuck. And adorable. God damn it, you're adorable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So she was being... Uh, prepped to be a genius by Rick Moranis. Super controlling. And it, his wife... Um, was uh i mean it seemed like she was kind of controlled she wasn't able to she was a teacher so she was working yeah but she wasn't able to be control in control of like them having a baby she poked holes in her diaphragm and he would test her diaphragm every once in a while <laughs> yeah it's so fucking crazy and then he caught it and without even being like oh maybe this went bad he was just like how could you <laughs> like he knew that she did it yeah i am gonna sound like a very ignorant man here but diaphragms blow my fucking mind i don't get how it's supposed to work how it's supposed to stay in place stay in place i think that's why it's not very reliable which is why it's not really is, used is it, is it like one of the lowest uh percentage wise it is a much lower percentage it just doesn't make any fucking sense i mean it seems like a hillbilly thing where they're like wait a minute a cork stops a bottle of wine so let's make a little sort of rubber cork oh that we God. can plug up in there then we don't have the babies no more it's weird well it worked on the sheep didn't it it's fucking weird so the wife is definitely stressed out um, when she gets into a confrontation with her husband rick moranis there is a scene where she goes into her closet where she has a secret stash of candy bars and snack cakes and stuff yeah, and a like shoe box and, and i've always thought that that would be like the dream <laughs> so when you saw that you're like i someday want a candy box i was just yeah i was just like you mean <laughs> that's something that you can do you can hide a fucking <laughs> stash of candy in a shoe box in your closet and no one else know about it and you just have your own little secret you that can, sounds amazing. You can also, as an adult, just have a candy bowl and have it out and just fucking eat it. Yeah, but I've always kind of lived in shame, so I think it just... <coughs> Did you want to come home in a yoga template. outfit? Yeah, I wanted to be fit like she was, and, then and eat, I'm not. And eat out of a shoebox? Yeah. Eat out of a poorly wrapped 
or eat a poorly wrapped ding dong out of a shoebox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times do you think exactly. they did that scene? They had to do it enough that they were annoyed to have to unwrap it that many times. They were like, look, just fucking saran wrap it. Or they just wanted to make sure that it went quickly. Let's get this in and out, baby. Because, yeah, they didn't want to spend a bunch of time with her trying to... Because I bet they probably, like, broke it open and it maybe, like, flew out or something. And they were like, no, we need to make this uh-huh. easy. So you mentioned Rick Moranis and the diaphragm being poked. Yes. For the amount of water that was coming through that diaphragm, he should have been able to just see that hole, right? I mean, what was she stabbing it with? I would think so, unless she just stabbed through it multiple times with a oh, needle yeah. to make sure sense. that the hole was really going to work. Because it, it wasn't multiple holes. He said that you, he said something about her putting like a couple or a few holes in it. It didn't look like she did. The water was coming from one place unless they were right next to each you other. You know, it is concave too, so it would roll on the bottom and then meet at the very center. Maybe she drip. put like three holes. Yeah. Like a uh, like a salt shaker end. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly like a salt <laughs> shaker Actually, I think that would be pepper. Pepper's three, salt is two, usually. Really? Yeah, they allow more room for pepper because it's usually harder to get out. Salt just kind of flies. I want mine to have a bunch of holes. You want shake, most shake. things to have a bunch of holes. <laughs> the more holes, the better, I've always said. <laughs> I just walk around cities, I point at things, and I say, more holes. More holes. Do you make the holes or do you just No, I don't make the holes. Like tell someone to do. I just point I just point and dictate. More holes. You're a dictator. Yeah. Should I be surprised? I'm a D I C K tater. All right. You're a dictator. I don't know why I never thought about that before. There's gotta that's gotta be on the fucking internet already. It has to be, right? Carved a potato into a dick and said, Here's a dictator. If they haven't, this is your opportunity, guys, especially you, Jimmy, who is going to make the perfect dick dictator. It's up to you. A cock spud. <laughs> that does not sound. You didn't like good. the sound of cock spud. No. Oh man, we're at fifty-three minutes. <laughs> we're barely even talking about this fucking movie. So we are introduced to the baby brother, Larry. He is... um, Oh, of the main family. Of the main family. Steve Martin's brother. Tom Hulse. He has been gone for three years. He arrives with a black son named Cool. Terrible fucking name. Terrible. But, you know, ladies... I think it's spelled. I think it's spelled K-O-L-L. I mean, I'm sorry, that's Call. K-O-O-L. Like the cigarette brand? Yeah, I just took a shot of whiskey, so I apologize. She's boozing it up, everybody. It's Saturday night. I think we'll all remember I still haven't had a drop of liquor ever. I don't mean it. Don't bring up a story. I was a boozer. Okay. So we find out that Larry has a gambling problem, which is why. Is that why you think the dad had it? I feel like, I mean, I I feel like that's something that happened. Like he went to go hang out with the boys at a game and not hang out with his Uh. son. So maybe there were bets or something. Maybe that's part of why he had money because he was actually smart at it. And his youngest son isn't good. He's bad at it. He's a total fucking loser. He's probably a big hothead, like the big ones. Like he always just puts all of his money on something fucking stupid. Uh Uh-huh. And just, yeah, just isn't someone who has common sense at all. 
Um, so he's clearly someone who lives a wild life, but his dad has a soft spot for him because he's the baby. Um, shows him this car that he's been working on that was originally junk. It doesn't ever show him interacting with any of his other kids the way that he interacts with the youngest. Um, which he does go to Gil for advice at some point, but they still don't have a great relationship. You can tell that it's there. It's always been tense. Yeah. And you could, I, I, do, I do like how they show that it is getting better the older they get. Yeah. Because you can still tell that there's a love there. Uh-huh. Because the way Gil is, I feel like when he was in his teens and maybe early 20s, I bet he couldn't talk to his dad at all. No, and I think And now he can, he, like, joke around with him and give him shit. I mean, he has a job where he just is told by his boss where he... Uh, just isn't as much of a go-getter as someone else. Uh-huh. Gil wants a promotion. His boss, who has a treadmill in his office, who I have always seen personally as the epitome of success. <laughs> I thought that we, if you were successful, that you would have you could have a treadmill in your glass office that you could see everything, but then everyone's going to smell you for the rest of the day. Yeah, he didn't change out of his clothes. That dude is exercising in straight-up business clothes with his tie loosened. It's really... Yeah, he's going to stink like a mofo. It's weird. So, um, yeah, so yeah, we find out that Larry is a loser. He has a gambling problem. <gasps> he owes debts, so he's coming to stay with the family for free. And he brings his son because clearly Cool's mom is a fucking loser. Yeah, what's the, the with that? Because she just, like, abandoned Cool with him. I don't think he knew that he had a son. I think she probably just dropped him off and disappeared. And was a piece of shit. So then he was just like, I have this kid. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go home and let my parents help me take care of this kid who I don't really know. And I don't really have an attachment to because Cool doesn't have an attachment to him at all. He just knows that it's his dad. Yeah, that's my dad. By the way, I looked at the cast thing. Yeah. Cool is spelled just regular C-O-O-L. Okay. Fucking dumb. Okay. Um. But, I mean, like I said earlier, Frank, who is the grandpa, the dad, whatever, like the main dad, shows uh, Larry his car that he's been working on in all of his spare time. And uh, Larry ends up taking it out to get it appraised, I think, to see how much he could get for it. He was going to hawk it it off, but no one would buy it without a title and stuff. He was just going to try and sell it. Uh Uh-huh. Because he owes the fucking money. He owes a lot of money, and he asks to borrow money from his dad. He asks to borrow three grand. Three grand originally. And then then... he takes it to the track to try to gamble it to try and make more money, but it's like $26,000. Yeah, that's what it is, $26,000. And later we, I mean, his dad ends up giving him, uh, like, you know, you work for me, I'll pay your debt like a grand a month. If they're a businessman, they'll understand. Um, You just have to do this, and you have to go to gambling's whatever like anonymous and uh he doesn't he totally just i mean i know i'm kind of jumping through but it's fine it's his character his character doesn't really he's he's just like a screw up and a fuck up but he uh, ends up leaving and abandoning his son with his parents but oh yeah luckily the parents are willing to be there for the black kid that no one mentions one at one point in the movie oh yeah i was so happy about that that he is black that no one's just like whoa he's black it's just oh you Uh have a kid and we didn't know about this why didn't you let us know i forgot i forgot about that the first time i watched it i thought that was gonna be part of the dynamic was that he was a black kid in the white family Uh but they just immediately it's not brought up once yeah it was never an issue he's just a kid and he just comes in and he's just loved immediately 
Oh yeah, and he's way more with by the everyone else and... than fucking Mozart. I don't think his dad loves him at all. That's the thing. No. I don't think they have any amount of attachment. That's why I think he shows up at his parents' house. Yeah, because he's like, I can't raise a fucking kid. Yeah, and then ends up dumping the kid mm-hmm. and disappears. And uh, I mean, he even his dad says to him, his dad says to Cool, Frank says to Cool, um, that he's not ever coming back. Yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of sad, but... But it's fine. We're taking happens. care of you. He's going to be taken care of, so it's fine. By the way, to, I was going to say to your point of, I know I'm jumping around. This movie, and I've said this the last yeah, time, it's true. I don't really feel like it has... It has a plot. It's a very loose plot. Mm-hmm. Very, very loose, and it's not a traditional plot at all. There's no, like... I don't think there's any, like, climax no. or anything like that. Or like any, I don't know. There's no story story arc besides. There are like, little things because you yeah. get Joaquin Phoenix. Like he wants to live with his dad, and his dad says no. His dad is like a dentist mm-hmm. or something, so he breaks into his dad's office, mm-hmm. or he's a doctor of some sort, yeah. and just busts up all of his shit yeah. and is like, "Fuck you." Yeah. But he still needs a male influence. So luckily, that Todd, who has married and impregnated Martha Plimpton's character, uh, moves. They move in and. Yeah. He gets the guidance that he needs and but he's happy. Like I think it's okay to not it's not a traditional plot thing at all. Like these are all just life instances that they're showing in front of you instead of a here's a story One of something that happened. It's just like here's life. So I think it's okay that we're not like following the timeline because the yeah. timeline's barely there. There's not uh yeah. I mean, there are, everyone has their specific stories, but it just shows yeah. where they fit. Which I think that's why we're doing it right, because we're just going kind of... And Larry's story is done. He's just a, he's a piece of shit. He abandons his kid. He's gone for the yeah. rest of the movie. He's a fucking asshat. Um, we, I mean, honestly, things do end up working out pretty well for uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character. However, there is a scene where he does call his dad um, when he says that he wants to live with his dad, and he calls and actually asks his dad... Um, I think he's a really good actor as a child in that part. Yeah, he's a good actor. When he reacts to his dad saying no Mm because his dad has another family and has moved on and doesn't want anything to do with him. Yeah. That's pretty sad. His voice drove me fucking nuts. Yeah, it uh, was like before He's a really good actor. It was like right before He's like talking like this. Dad, can I come live with you (laughs) a couple months? So there is one thing that I do want to mention before we take a break here. Is that we do find out originally with um, Steve Martin's family because that I I think is the main family. The main family is definitely Steve Martin's family and Mary Steenburgen. We find out that it all comes back to them is emotional. And if you watched the successful version of the TV show, they give the son uh, Asperger's, Uh, or he's at least autistic. I was going to ask if it was autism because it's kind of what it is in this. He's not autistic fully. He's just. And it's before that was really like a thing. Yeah. Before there was a spectrum that they talked about. But this kid was definitely on it. He's emotional. He's sensitive. Uh Um, For sure. And he's not like, he doesn't really have a problem being social with people. He's just emotional. He's definitely social. He definitely hangs out with other kids. Mm -hmm. He definitely plays. Yeah. It's just when something goes wrong, he He takes it really fucking hard. And they are called to school. Because I guess they've had like some secret fucking child psychologist or something at the school for the last or a therapist for the last just the guidance counselor two or three months. It made him sound like he was a specialist. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Because they suggested that he should be put in a special school. 
because he just can't, you know, react and he, he's overreactive. So they're like, we need you to get him basically out of this school and put him somewhere else. This is a yeah. chemical thing. Um, it's not anything that you've done as parents. We think that this, you know, studies are saying that this happened in the womb and Steve Martin jumps up and what probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite scene in the entire movie jumps up and says, she smoked grass and then goes on about how when uh, Mary Steenburgen's character was in college, she smoked like a chimney and he, smoked like a chimney. and he thought that she was uh, going to join like a reggae band or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did so. So uh, that uh, part is pretty fucking funny. That part was so funny because the way they shoot it and the way Steve Martin's facial features are in that, you all you think is that he's thinking like, oh no, my son, what, is, what am I going to do with my son? What are we going to do about my son, my son, my son? Yeah. But then what he's actually thinking is, how am I going to blame this on her? And then as soon as they say the chemical thing, he goes, chemicals? She smoked, she smoked grass. grass. Yeah. <laughs> fucking funny. Um, really funny. I like it. So you want to do the break? I think we should uh, take a break. This is the latest break we've ever done. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, and then we will. We should do that f during the break. Okay. And then we'll just. Uh, yeah. We'll do that during the break. So we'll go ahead and. Uh, Go, you know, wipe our butts and oh, go powder up our drink. mouths and do what we need to do, and we'll be right back, guys. One, two, three. When you're sliding into first and your pants begin to burst, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sliding into two and your pants are filled with goo, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sliding into third and you feel a greasy turd, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sliding into home and your pants are filled with foam, diarrhea, diarrhea. If it comes out of your bum like a bullet from a gun, diarrhea, diarrhea. If it runs down your leg like a scrambled egg, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're climbing up a ladder and you feel something splatter, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sitting in your Chevy and your pants feel heavy, diarrhea, diarrhea. Yow. Why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. That was good. That wasn't planned at all. That was, uh, your fade in was good. You like it? Yeah, I'm just saying the timing. As I didn't have the song queued up, I just pushed play. And by the time that it actually went going, yeah, I think it was good. Well, awesome. I'm glad I accidentally did a good job. <laughs> so we are back. We are reviewing Parenthood. We're back. We're reviewing Parenthood and today, and I'm motherfucking Sam, and I'm here to say. And because that is the song that they use in the trailer, I shared some motherfucking 
Paul Simone with you. Paul Simone. So enjoy Paul Simone. <laughs> Paul Simone. You like that song anyway. I do. We, we I don't sing hate that, that song either. It's a really groovy song. It makes you mm-hmm. dance. I'm sure it killed bone the dance digger, floor. Bone digger. That's my part. Dogs in the moonlight. As the acoustic duo of Michelle and I sing, we do this song. And my job is to go. Beer belly, beer belly. But I but truth be told, I just go because like it's hard to do the guitar parts and get those down and uh, uh, alliterate the words it's fine i've got so i go <laughs> mumble mumble it works mumble you use that bass tone because you're saying it too Far away right. my wallet door so we're back we're we back. are we have actually um since we're not going in in any sort of chronological thing which i think that it would be a mistake to do that yeah. with this movie um and probably in general because we're not here to like explain the Here's movie itself to you just watch the movie and then listen to us and then share these moments with us i think that that's a better angle to go yes. at with what we're doing so um, I've also had luck in past. I've listened to things about movies that I also have not seen, and then I go watch them. Mm-hmm, that's true. And then that's also fun because you're like, oh, that's what they were fucking talking about. Or there's like, how did this get made? Where it's funny, even if because they're reviewing things that they're they consider to not be good. Yeah. So you don't even necessarily have to watch the movie or know the movie just to be intrigued by their reactions to things. Because I've listened to that show, that podcast. Um, based on who the okay. guests are, not just based on what movie movie they watched. So, just throwing that out there. So, one thing there is kind of a theme that is ongoing: the love of American baseball in this movie. It's not; it, it doesn't represent anything other than this is something that has just. It's just a love of the family. The son plays baseball. There are baseball games. Uh, Gil is the coach of his son's baseball team. It opens up with Gil at the baseball game. He grew up always loving it and going to games with his dad, who would then pawn him off to an usher. So do you think his dad actually did like baseball? I think that's why I think that he he bet on the games. But I think Uh, he, as a cover... He would take his son for his wife. Uh-huh. Oh my fucking god! You just to be like, wow. To be like, I'm gonna spend time with my son, but really, he wouldn't actually spend time with his son. So those were supposed wow. to be bonding moments that he would wow. just pawn his son off to someone else, By which is way. why they always had a rough relationship. The the father and son. Yeah, Gil it, and, well, and we find out that Gil was also kind of emotional as uh-huh. a child too. Yeah. Um. Speaking of his wife, and I meant to bring this up earlier. This is that classic. It's almost like he hates his wife, the old man, the old man, old man. Yeah, he He fucking hates his wife, and everybody treats her like shit. And her mom. He hates her mom as well. Oh, the old lady, the the old old lady? lady? Who gets passed around with different Uh people. Who seems fun. Yeah, she's kind of funny. Who seems with it. Uh Uh-huh. She she does the helium balloon for the kids. she's inhaling helium. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. She's inhaling helium. Who, who does she say was president? She's like, Grover Cleveland. Yeah, Grover Cleveland. <laughs> but back to the baseball. So there's a, a baseball game, and he, Gil wants to do a good job. He, he wants, wants his to son be to be a good job. Yeah, he wants to do, he wants to set an example that his dad did not set for him. Yeah. And he and says that at the very beginning of the Yeah, that's really movie. his main goal as a parent is just to be better than what his dad was to him. 
Which I think I think that's real. I think a lot of people. That's one of those real that. moments. But that's why I choose to not also not be a parent. Aside from all of the other things that you know, you get to enjoy life more. You get to sleep in. You get to take naps whenever the fuck you want on weekends, which I take full advantage of. Absolutely. Uh, and that's I, what we're doing right now. <laughs> I enjoy. I enjoy that sort of lifestyle. Um, so. That's why I kind of under I understand where he's coming from when he wants to do things better. I just personally have chosen to not do anything, Make to it. not to I, like I feel damaged enough by my my mom that I would just rather not have a kid at all versus trying to undo the damage done, which I feel like that's what he's doing, and I feel like that's what a lot of people do, uh-huh. which I think is a good healthy way of doing it. it. Is. But I think some people I just don't think it's a good idea. It is. By the way, when you said it is, it made me think of like it is. It is. Like hit it. It takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. <laughs> hit it. Hit it. So, yeah, yeah mm. I just I think that he yeah. he's definitely very hell bent on trying to be better. So he, they're getting ready to play, or his son is getting ready to play a baseball game, which he is the coach of, and he the is team. the coach, and he has this like flash forward image. Um, that he he wants his son to be successful because he picks his son to actually play. It doesn't seem like his son does much other than warm the bench. Yeah, and he gives him that really nice moment beforehand where he's before he sends him out and he says, "You catch it or don't, it doesn't matter. It's just to have fun." And mm-hmm. that kid gives him a smile, and that's that's when he's like, "Ah." But he has to give him the. I'm the best dad. Yeah, but he has to give him the pep talk because when he tells him when he says, "You know, I'm going to put you out there. This is you know going to be the end of the game." the other kids on the team are not happy because they know no. he sucks and they know that he's just being chosen because his dad is the coach. Yeah. Which is true. Um, so he has this proud moment after he gives that little speech. He has this flash forward uh, little future dream sequence. Because he's such a good dad. And he's just kind of tooting his own horn. Yeah, totally. His son is graduating. His son has completely... His son is basically... The child of God, I can't remember who I said. I said um, Neil Patrick Harris and Brad Pitt, wasn't it? No, who was Brad Pitt at all? I don't know. I just said I don't remember. Fuck, I don't remember. But the kid was an Adonis. I would have let that kid jizz on my face, like I said during the movie. So yeah, all of a sudden, his kid grew up to not have any emotional problems, have tremendous bone structure, be the most handsome combination of men which i mean i never thought of neil patrick harris as necessarily being like one of the most handsome types of men but he just has this like neil patrick harris mixed with someone else look that i just can't fucking it's a chiseled face i should have written it down but this was the second time marble we watched it so i thought it would be fine um but his son in his speech talks about how his dad was his biggest inspiration and he is who he is because of his dad and steve martin stands up and everyone claps and he has his little you call it a john waters, it's a john mustache. waters mustache yeah so that's the only thing they really do to make him look older is give him glasses well, he's already got that fucking silver and white hair what are they gonna do they put him in a suit they give him glasses a suit by the way he's he is john waters mixed with the colonel that's the style. Go Colonel. Go Colonel. Yeah, go Colonel. Go John Waters. Go John Waters. Go Stevie. That's the fucking look that's going on there. He's got a white suit on like he's an old plantation owner. He's a plantation owner. So yeah, it's this 
very euphoric moment for him in his mind. And then we cut back to the actual ball game. Clint Howard, of course, he's in the movie. He's the second Bill. On Ice the, cream man himself. At the end of the movie, he is the second fucking person in the credits. Nepotism. And he Does that count with... Nepotism. But he hasn't really um, blown up. He, I mean, Ron always puts Clint in his movies, but always. he doesn't... I, he was like in the ice cream man. Is that what that was called? Yeah, ice cream man. Yes, <laughs> the ice cream man himself. <laughs> Where on the cover he had that ice cream cone that was a skull and just his scary regular face smiling. Yeah. Oh, he's he's not a good looking man. No, Ron is more attractive, and Ron is actually a kind of rare example of a man who does not look better with age. Most men look better with age. He, Ron oh, Howard yeah. was an adorable boy when he was Opie. Uh huh. And, and he was a pretty decent looking kid when he was a uh, fucking God. What's his name? Richie Cunningham. Mm hmm. On Happy Days, he was. And as You're an right. adult, he has not aged very well. You're and right. he's a someone who lives well. I think he takes care of himself. He's not yeah. someone who's ever you know. Just no, I don't think of, he's a partier at all. I don't think he's hit anything hard other no. than his love for making movies. <laughs> And maybe his wife, but I doubt it. He seems like a pretty well Oh, he beat guy. the shit out of her that one time. So he, anyway, Clint is, it, it seems he's a father of another child on the team. Yeah, he's the father of that, uh, I think he's the shortstop. Okay, and he just screams. He's very involved. He's way too fucking invested in this child's game of baseball. Um, spoiler alert. They lose the game. They always fucking lose the game. And Clint is just yelling. He's so fucking pissed. He doesn't understand. His boy missed the... Not his boy, but fucking Stevie Martin's boy missed the goddamn ball. Gil's son missed it. He should never have been put in the game. He wasn't good anyway. It was down to the wire. And he... Yeah, he put a dud in. So... He put a dud in. So all of a sudden, we... um. And oh, uh, by the way, Clint Howard, way, uh, like I said, he's way too concerned about this child's game until later on, the kids actually do win a game and he is just standing there. He doesn't give a shit. He's upset that Gil is happy and Gil has been successful. He's not even happy that his kid just won the game. It's because his kid didn't win the game. His kid almost ruined the game. So he was embarrassed. His kid's the one that ran out and fucking ran into the other kid. His movie's like, no matter what, you go get that ball. He almost fucked it up, and we're just lucky that old Stevie Martin's 20% autistic kid ha. caught the ball. Yeah, he's on the spectrum. So we have another flash forward, because things did not go the way that he thought. Um, his son is upset with him. He said, you never should have put me in the game. Well, he's technically right. So Steve Martin flashes forward, and this is pre-Columbine. It's at college, and uh, all of a sudden... It's, is it Kevin? Is that his fucking name? I don't remember. Oh, hold on. Let me look at the notes. If you have them. Oh, um, Gil and Karen. Oh, sorry. I do not have the kid's name. Okay. Well, he is a fucking active shooter. He yeah. is just like he's sniper in the bell shooting. Tower. He's in the bell tower. Yeah, he's sniper yeah, shooting is, everyone. And it's This crazy. is modeled after an actual shooting. It is? Yes. This is... I, three years ago, I'd have been able to tell you everything about it, but... The, have you ever heard of like always oh, in the bell tower? Yeah, that's what they're referencing as this first college shooting. 
the dude had cancer in his head. He had a brain tumor. And he wrote in a letter and he said, I don't know why, but I crave violence. Uh, he knew it sounds like he was up. spiteful. Oh, it was before he found out? He didn't know he had a tumor. No, he said, I know something's wrong. And he wrote it in a letter. That's fucked up because it was probably like, yeah, a tumor pushing on a part of his it's brain. That's exactly what it was. And it made him different than who he was. Uh-huh. And exactly he was conflicted was. because he has a fucking conscious. Uh-huh. Con- conscious. 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 Con- he, was, he was conscious. He's aware of his conscious. <laughs> but yeah, that was modeled after that. But yes, this is a time before it's like, I hate to say this, but the norm... Shootings being the norm, so and they, yeah. When I saw this scene, even the second time that I knew it was coming, it was like, still like, oh fuck, and he's still in the uh, John Waters Colonel Colonel John Waters uniform. You remember last year when it was kind of early in the year, and they were like, it's this far in the year, and this many like hundreds of school shootings have happened. Yeah. This is where I think that I would consider myself more of a left leaning person. But this is where I believe that the left-wing media is fucked. Why are we getting political? Because of the whole school shooting thing and how it's been more, like, common. But you haven't heard of anything in a while. But it's supposed to be, like, there were these statistics that were released that, like, this many school shootings happen a year. But since it, like, hasn't been an issue and there have been other things to worry about, like Mueller and the fucking wall and all of this other stuff. You don't ever hear about any of that anymore. Is is stuff not happening or is it happening and people aren't talking about it if there are these supposed statistics? I think the statistics are bullshit. Or is security up? I don't know. In schools. I don't know because they didn't suddenly receive extra funding. No, that's true. So I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know either. It's just a thought that I had. I'm not trying to be like a conspiracy person. <laughs> I have nothing to base anything on. Sounds like you are to me. I'm just curious. You brought up aliens and uh, a secret map under the Statue of Liberty. I just feel like the older that I get, because I do feel like I've turned a blind eye for so long and just been like, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I've been like everyone else who I said is a problem, who doesn't really do like research and is reactive and like posts things uh, and they don't really fully know what they're talking about they're just kind of like within the sensation of something that emotionally affects them Um, and I don't really do that anymore I kind of keep that stuff more to myself because I don't really feel super strongly in one direction or the other because I feel like depending on the news source they are pushing you to feel one specific way Mm. and the way that they're writing it and it makes me kind of want to like push it away if I feel like they're trying to make me feel a certain way. If that makes sense, mm, that makes I, sense. I cr- the older I get, the more I crave to be told things in an unbiased way. So it just kind of it just bothers me. Well, I'm such a negative person that I assume we are not being told anything correctly by anyone. So my opinion is absolutely wrong anyway. So I therefore will not share it with anyone because it's probably wrong. <laughs> I know. That I'm just nice to people, and I wish people would be nice to me. It's about as far as I take it. And I feel the same way, but then I'm also a fucking bitch, and I have really mean <laughs> tendencies. Like, I'm, I am a But you don't act on living, it, so you're not mean. breathing, walking hypocrite. No, I think you're not, because I think everybody has mean thoughts. It's whether you do it or not. You do not fuck anybody over. You I don't do not go out of my take way to upset of people. You do not do that. I don't. If you upset a person, it's because you said 
just how you felt about something and maybe they had a different opinion. You've never fucked anybody over. You My don't mouth. steal from people. Yeah. You don't do things to people. So no, you're not a hypocrite. Thanks. Thanks for defending me because I have really low self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do fucking suck, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I do. But it's more just my negativity. Yeah, so, I don't really think that. Anyway, so where are we at here? Back into the fucking movie. We've, and I don't know if that was probably stemmed off of the negativity of the craziness of the game loss and then him having this like really school extreme shooting. school shooting sort of thing. But he does reference, you know, a classic because he has a megaphone and he starts singing the diarrhea song, which is pretty funny. Yeah, um, what is he saying? He's like, let's sing together, son. Remember this one? When you're sliding into home. <laughs> oh, it's so great. And then he still shoots at his dad because he just fucking... Excuse me. Up in this future sequence, he hates his dad because he feels like a loser and he takes it personally. Um, Excuse so, me. I still have chest congestion issues. Yeah, you can hear it. Well, I didn't just mean that, but you can kind of hear it in your head. In my head. Yeah. Um, so we are now at a birthday party for Gil's special needs son. Um, I don't, he's not really special needs, right? He's just no, but they want to put, put him in that in special ed. It's something that is referenced in the mm-hmm. movie. Um, and, you know, they're getting ready. They're having their different conversations. You know what it's like <laughs> at a family get together because all the family's there. Uh, the little groups, um, you know, like I don't want my super smart kid to hang out with your dumb kid who puts a bucket on his head and just runs into the wall multiple times um you know when it's like kind of like yeah he probably shouldn't do that but what's the problem with just being a kid because that kid rick marinas's daughter because he's so controlling she doesn't really get to just be a kid she's just being prepped to be a genius she's just like she's basically an adult yeah um and then but gill's family i mean it's just a typical technically it's it's, it's a typical american family yeah one kid's kind of fucked up and a little emotional but one kid's rowdy and just bangs his head into things he's probably also on the spectrum yeah and then the other one's a girl and the other one's a girl who was in trouble for like kissing all the boys or something like that she was yeah they, they they referenced it they never said it but there was uh she did something as well they're just emotional people is what I think it is. Like they Everyone's stem emotional, but it's it's they stem from Gil, who is more emotional and neurotic. Who must still, still, who must stem from the mom, who seems to take a lot from the dad, but she's just not oh, reactive. Yeah. No, she just holds she it all in. She shoves that shit down. <laughs> I don't think Gil is able to hold that shit in. So then, and his kids aren't, and they all kind of act out yeah. in some way or another. Um, and and you know. As generations go, it's more about feelings. I mean, think about it now when compared to when we were younger. I just said um, not that long ago when we did the Eminem episode that for some reason I, I care more about lyrical content now than I used to. Like, uh-huh. there are just things that, I don't know, like they do say that you get kind of more serious or whatever when you get older. And I mean, I'm goofy as fuck and I'm pretty childlike in some ways, but... There are some ways more selective about it. Yeah, and I have much less of an interest in bullshit. I'm the same way, like real bullshit. Yeah, I'm the same way with visual stuff. Like, I really don't have any interest in crazy gore too much anymore. Yeah, you get sent videos and clips of things sometimes that I do not want to fucking see. Yeah, 
I, I would not. If someone was sending me videos of someone getting like real life killed, I would. But you don't say something straight up. You're not just like, don't fucking do that. I oh. would do that. Oh, the next time I see him, it's fucking happening. The last video that I got set by this unanimous person who was a guest on this fucking podcast, whose name is Kirk Gibbets, that son of a bitch. Who was on the Eminem episode. S- sending me videos made us listen of to Eminem. people dying, literally getting crushed. And like body fluids being sprayed out. And I don't know if it was a fake video, but it still fucked me up. I don't, well, and I think I would have been okay fake, with it. Why would you want to fucking see that? Well, no, I think I would have been okay with it younger. I think it's demented. It is demented. But then but... again, it's also like people wanting to watch Faces of Death. Exactly. But I never enjoyed it. I did at one point. Oh, man. That shit's fucked but, up. By the way, you know, Faces of Death is fake. I know. But, but as anyway. a kid, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, because I was, I mean, I was a kid. I wasn't. No, I was terrified of that thing. I never actually watched it as a kid. My parents I just heard about weren't it. like w- into scary movies or like around me. Like uh-huh. your mom was and introduced yeah, you. Yeah, but she was into much more thriller Scary movie, not the gore shit. But I wasn't really introduced to anything like that. Uh-huh. So I just feel like when I did eventually see things, they were a little more polarizing for me because they were kept from me. Uh, yeah. Even though like I went through a lot of adult type shit, the, the things that were given to me by my parents weren't pushing adult situations at me. Well, okay, this is probably good. Uh, why... why... Why see fantastical horror when you are actually seeing horrors or horrors are happening to you? Yeah. Yeah. My childhood was pretty I wouldn't have fucking been okay innocent. with watching horror. I wasn't either until when I was 15, I was, so. Yeah, like it wasn't until I was in like middle school, I think, that I started seeking out scary movies scary on movies. my own. I didn't. I remember seeing it. The TV special when it first came out, and I loved it as a little kid, but I was too young to be scared by it. Like, I didn't get it. Yeah. And then a couple years, they like showed it again the next year, maybe like two years later, just as another TV event. Mm -hmm. And I was fucking terrified. And I was terrified for many years. Well, if we're going to talk about Stephen King, uh, TV movie events. The only relationship <laughs> that I have with something in this category <laughs> is being at the age when the Langoliers came out. Yeah, yeah. That I was living actually in a foster home at the time, and my foster parents were really interested in it. So I watched it, and we dedicated like our week to it because it was yeah, because it was a multiple night event. And do it. That's not what I would do. What I, what I would reference from that movie would be something um, visual only, which is Bronson Pinchot uh, as a crazy man. With his eyes all outlined his, and red and, and shit. And sweaty and his hair slicked back. <laughs> um, just tearing strips of paper. That's that's my reference oh, yeah, most yeah, of the time. He lost it. Because he goes then, crazy he? and then they lock him in a room. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not a good movie, but I would love to see it again right now. Uh, I would too. <laughs> it's really long. It's not good, but it would be because like, the graphics I remember are oh, really yeah. bad. The actual Langoliers that look like digital meatballs flying around with lots <laughs> with and lots like, of teeth. teeth just going. <laughs> <laughs> I highly, 
I do fucking um what's the word? I can't come up with a word. I, I couldn't afford it. Yeah, recommend. I was like a uh, reference. It's an R word. I don't have it. Recommend. <laughs> I do recommend that movie and tell me about it. But I need to seek it out. We need to watch it. Whether yeah. we review it for the podcast or not, we should I watch know, the link. But layers. we definitely need to watch it's it. It's really fucking long. I think the podcast would be long, but it yeah, might not it need to be. be. No. It would just be get, about Bronson Pinchot. You could the probably whole time. get through a lot. I feel like we, we should have like Kent or something review something like Langoliers with us. God. And he'd probably hate it. I imagine. Oh, he would. He's picky about his horror. Mm hmm. He's a, but that's more of like a thriller I, horror. I, that's not at all a gore horror movie. No, and I'm not even sure if it's a thriller at this point. It's probably just like suspense, a, not thriller. It's probably made so bad that it's a nothing. I want to see it. Anyway, where were we fucking at when we got distracted by the Langoliers? We are at the party. So we <clears throat> we're at the party. Um, people are getting things ready. The women are in the kitchen. They're having conversations. Uh, so yes. we we come to find out that Rick Moranis was a fuck machine. Fuck back machine. In the day. And that um, when he used to get tense, his wife, who was talking to Mary Steenburgen, explains that when he would get tense, she would give him roadhead. Not just head, specifically roadhead. Oh, yeah. He would have to be driving. They would have to be risking their lives. That's the Dangerous. only way she would do it. That's the way he gets off the best. So she tells Mary Steenburgen she her world is fucking opened. There is a box in her mind that has been opened. She's it's never I think been she's opened before. A little, not offended. I think she's a little embarrassed at first, and then uh, a little turned on. Yeah, she's a little prudish, but then it's not something that she's opposed to because it, it literally opened something up in her brain. Yeah. Like wow, she's like, sucking, really? She sucked his dick. She's obviously. definitely sucked those uh, tidy gray lumps that steve martin penile lump <laughs> so um um there are a bunch of kids this is why we say that the kid is social uh there are a lot of kids there for the birthday mm -hmm. party as well as family members it's a huge birthday party i never had anything like this when i was a kid so i'm a little bit not jealous. like that no but there was like i mean there's a pinata there were all kinds of games there were squirt gun like water gun fights and I mean, it just looked like a lot of fucking fun. Um, and there's supposed to be a cowboy, Dan. Yeah, cowboy who is, Dan. Who is hired for the event. Um, Kevin wants this because his friend had cowboy Dan at, at an event and he wanted it for himself. Um, apparently, cowboy Dan is represented the by the same entertainment agency as some stripper lady who we never hear her name. We don't know why there's a mix up. Okay, well... If he's Cowboy Dan, that means she's probably Cowgirl Jan. Or she's like, I don't know, I just imagine it'd be like... Cut Grabbing Connie? It'd be something with a cunt in the name. Cut Grabbing Connie. Or it's just like, not grabbing, she'd be like... She grabs her own cunt, then she throws the juices at you in your face. And she says, here's a crab in your eye. What about bah. cunt gyrating Jan? Gyrating? That's a pretty long word. Cunt, ja no, it's not. I'm sure if you actually saw it spelled out, it wouldn't be. And I imagine because I'm imagining it in my head. You can imagine it's not it. very like in one of those older shows on PBS and stuff where they teach you how to spell and they just. No, I can just literally Gee. see numbers uh, in my head or uh, letters. Yeah, see, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about, Gee. but I can see letters in my head. I can imagine. Gee, you know what's fucked up about this part of this movie? What? When they when the stripper shows up, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of Cowboy Dan. And she says, Cowboy Dan's not coming because he's been severely and brutally assaulted by the bar that 
she was supposed to show up at. Yeah, he their showed... boners are so hard that they had to kill him. They <laughs> they beat the living shit out of a guy because he wasn't a stripper. <laughs> yeah, isn't that they, they couldn't have just been like a, a misunderstanding. It was like we are so testosterone driven, our dicks are raging so fucking hard that because there isn't a stripper here right fucking now. We're gonna fuck. We're gonna fuck you up and put you in the hospital. So yeah. you can't just. We can't just wait a little bit for you to show up. You're in the hospital. Oh shit! Can you get her over here? It's oh none of that. God. No, they literally just. They beat him with and, their own dick. And they even if they're gonna pay money, they no longer just deserve that lady to show up for them after they beat up Cowboy Dan. Fuck them. What were they gonna do? Like, do if she didn't she give a gonna, good enough show. Do you think she was gonna go to the event? Like after she left, she's like, I gotta go. Do you think she yeah. went there? That's just where she hangs out. Yeah. At the bar. Yeah. That's where she goes to get some D. Based on how um, her tits basically flopped out except for the nipple in her dress, uh, she's a lady that likes to hang loose. God damn right. And she writes the birthday boy's name on her breasts. She wants to. Um, So that doesn't end up happening. Uh, The kid walks in right when he hears that Cowboy Dan is not coming. So don't worry about it. I've got it taken care of. Cowboy Gil. Cowboy Gil decides to take things. He already has a vest. He has a cowboy hat. The only thing that he seems to be missing, because he has the boots as well, are the... uh, Chaps. The chaps. And he... Or the spurs. He has like kitchen utensils yeah he put some sort of kitchen utensils on the back i think the vest if you look at it it looks more like a dress vest oh like like from a suit a kid vest or something but he does have rugs from like they look like bathroom rugs tied to his legs and he totally wows the fucking kids the the adults love him they think it's just so adorable um kevin loves it I hope that this isn't his name because for some reason it just feels right. But if it's wrong, Kevin? I don't know. I feel like it is. I don't know. Now I feel I don't know. nervous about this. But um, everyone seems to is. be having a good time. And he tells a story. Steve Martin tells a story about how, yes, it's correct. He's not Cowboy Dan. He ran into Cowboy Dan and he shot him and he slipped all over his guts that were spilling out and he just kept talking about over and over again how he was just slipping on his guts and his guts were so slippery do you remember why he shot cowboy dan because it didn't he look at him weird because he didn't like the way he looked yeah he didn't like the way he looked um (laughs) he was looking at me like this the family and the children which i kind of understand young boys you know hearing a story about shooting a cowboy and slipping around on his guts because they were so slippery like like, i understand kids but the family like the aunts like his sisters the older ladies in like their 30s and 40s were laughing at the story like it was hilarious oh yeah so they're a fucked up family who takes pride in other people's pain they like it uh brutal brutality amongst everyone is their motto in life brutality phoenix i'm surprised there wasn't one of those brutality phoenix. there was a river and a joaquin there should have been a brutality phoenix too a brutality phoenix that's some sort of bird that brings brutality no it's a child who acts takes on way too much as a child and uh, dies of a drug overdose all right so we are at the birthday party and um gill has there's already a horse there for some reason and he rides in with this big ass fucking cake yeah what the fuck do you think do you think that was 
Cowboy Dan's horse that was already there? <laughs> no, because they they had a theme. Is what I think that it, it was, was a cowboy theme. It right? was a cowboy theme, so they had already hired a horse to come in with another guy who was giving kids rides oh, on the horse. Oh, and like pet the horse. So then he, that guy disappeared. Whoever was in charge disappeared, and Gil was riding the horse, even though it was clearly not Steve Martin. It was clearly a body double. Yeah, that guy's hair was much <laughs> longer, longer, and it was gray. It wasn't it was, fucking white no. like Steve Martin. Yeah, you could tell it was, it was like made gray they made it gray yeah and then they they just have you know a bunch of corny family jokes and everyone's happy everyone's good it's a good time everyone's filler material yeah that's what i call it it was all good um and then you have some was it issues with the son again who's being emotional is that what it is is that why steve martin is stressed because he becomes tense i don't remember what makes him. oh you mean later that yeah you're just you got to say that the party is over First. The party is done. I said everyone's <laughs> happy. It's all good. Um, it's all done. The reason he is stressed <laughs> is because they gave, or no, he's like, I got to stay at work tomorrow. I got to dazzle the boss. And she's like, are you stressed? And, oh, and, and he's, he's like, like yeah, yeah, I feel no, tension. Tense. I feel tension everywhere. Oh, tension in tense? my back. Tense in my back. I'm tense in my ears. <laughs> so she remembers ring a ding ding light bulb <laughs> when so, when a man is tense and he's driving down the road. You give him head. I think that the movie represented very well what would actually happen in a roadhead situation because uh, you you come you hear when the uh, we don't fucking know her name Rick Moranis's wife who was actually a sister and belongs wife. to the family. But yeah, she's just wife. And she um, she says that there's never been any issue. There's never been any problem. It's always a successful situation. I think it's a very real situation when she does it to Gil and they wreck their car and a cop is like, what happened here? And I think that that's really more like what would happen. I think you're wrong. I think it happens all the time. People don't get in accidents ever. Really? Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things that people talk about more as being like a successful thing that isn't. I don't know the ratio, but I'm assuming people are coming and driving all the time. (laughs) That's such a weird thing. I imagine that people are like under the influence, not coming. And coming. (laughs) All of the above. Do you think that people, a lot more people are under the influence than you think out there driving cars? Yes. Like a lot. Yes, I think 70% of people driving are fucked up. In what ways? Like pills? Anyway. Booze, pills, heroin, coke. Because I take an anti-anxiety medication and an antidepressant, and I am way sleepier since I've been on this medication. I take way more fucking naps than I ever did. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about recreationally getting fucked up well i mean that but i also mean just like so if we're adding your percentage technically under the influence then 99 percent of people are driving fucked up you think it's that many i don't think it's that many if you're adding medications yes you're not driving under uh i drove under the influence for a lot of years and liked doing it yeah oh my god (laughs) and there's a lot of people like me see and i don't really i don't I, I think that I don't know a lot of people who like drink and drive, but then again, especially from where we come from, because we come from a more like country area, 
a pastime for a lot of people is backroading with and beer. Driving. Yes. And to me, that's crazy. My backroading was not with beer. I mean, it has been. I've done that in the past when I was younger, but it's really inconvenient. You have to stop to pee a lot. I don't understand. No, you have to stop to pee a lot. <laughs> not everyone else is good. You have to pee a lot no matter what. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, getting back into this, Rick Moranis' wife leaves him. She's tired of his bullshit. So he feels like he needs to get her back. He shows up at the school that she works while she's trying to teach. He wants to talk to her. She's like, no, I have class. He starts to sing that close to you song. Is it by the Carpenters? I think. Do you know? Why do birds suddenly? I, I feel know. like it is because it was on a Simpsons episode. I don't know. But I'm sure Bob's yelling at the thing right now. While he's shitting on the toilet. Yeah, and I don't really care. <laughs> Fuck you, Bob. <laughs> I don't know who sings it. Speaking and my of, phone is dead, so I can't. Speaking of fuck you, Bob, there's a... I don't have a mail minute. There's a corner that we're there's, missing in this episode. There's, there's no mail corner. That's surprising because you hung out with him last night outside of work. Uh, you went to a car show with him. Yeah, but there's nothing exciting. He didn't do anything exciting. Do you he didn't hear do anything smell? weird. There's nothing about you worth talking about. That's that uh, kind of sucks. I made him laugh for two hours. Done. So nothing exciting. So you see, Mel, he spent two hours with you, and the only thing that he remembers is that he made you Mel, laugh. Mel had beers. He remembers nothing about you. Mel had beers. He got buzzed, and he wouldn't stop geeking. That was what happened the whole time. Well, then Mel had a good time. <laughs> but still, fuck you, Mel. Yeah, fuck off, Mel. All right. So back into the movie. Um, Rick Moranis is singing to his wife. He's a fuck machine. He wants her back. It totally works. None of the kids in Which the Which would never actually work. Yeah, first of all, it's super inappropriate. How did he get into the class? Well, I guess, okay, this is different because uh, we're in a in much different time. With a gun. He would have been able to just walk in and go straight to her classroom without having to check in at an office yeah. because everything, like doors are locked and shit. He had a pistol on his ankle. Rick Moranis did not. Fuck yeah, he, he does. He was a wuss. You don't think he's training his daughter in weaponry? Maybe he was. <laughs> he is. There's no was. Hmm. Interesting. I never thought of that. But he is a fuck machine, I guess, um, based on stories that were told. And he got his wife back. He knew that taking the sensitive route, singing to her, appealing to her soft side would work. And it did. And the kids should have been miserable. And they probably were. They were. But they, uh, no one spoke out. I feel like now people are such assholes. Someone would have been like, what is happening? No, they would have just videotaped it and then put it up on the internet yeah and then someone would have videotaped it like, but someone would have also narrated it and tried to be funny and it just oh, kind of yeah. would have made yep. it lame yep. um so then we get to because again we're not necessarily being chronological but we are at the end of the movie so things you know people have had their trials their tribulations but people are working through their problems essentially you know the kid has problems he's in therapy they're doing their best Everybody's working on their family situations. Um, we've got some pregnancies going. Everybody's pregnant. Not yet. Everybody's pregnant. So we find out that Gil's wife, Mary Steenburgen, is pregnant. We already know that that Todd married 
Martha Plimpton's character, Julie, and impregnated her. The mother, Helen, is dating a teacher of Joaquin Phoenix's character. Yes, a biology teacher. Yes, that seems to be going well. Um, Larry's gone, fuck him. He's His son, Cool, is being raised by grandparents who are going to do a good job. Um, things are mostly fine. Um, Gil is stressed the fuck out. Gil quit his job. He finds out Mary Steenburgen is pregnant. He doesn't know what he's going to do. His one son is mentally fucked up. He has problems. He talks about how he's going to put him in a special school or a, like a private school because he knows that the public school doesn't want to deal with him and wants him to be in special ed. Yeah. So he's super fucking stressed out. He feels like he's on a roller coaster in life. His daughter is in a play. His daughter has almost no personality in this entire thing. But from, I think I saw something online. There were deleted scenes and his, the daughter was actually supposed to have a bigger role. You think so? There was a scene where he and Steve, or he, where she and Steve Martin had like a moment that was cut out of the movie. Huh. How do you know this? I saw something you... online. Huh. There was, I don't remember what it was because I had done research about this originally when yeah. we were first recording and then we lost it. It's been a while. It took us kind of a while to get back to this to uh, record it again. Yeah, it, was, it took. To re- try and do it soon after we did the first one, I think would have been like a task. Irritating. Irritating and like. I agree with you. A task. I think it's also better that we kind of waited a little bit before watching it again. Yeah, and I completely forgot what I said in the last one. So. It, it. I think that we have waited long enough. So, I mean, you guys are gonna get this a couple weeks after we are recording it, but it's really only like a week late. What was that sound? That usually is silent. I think it's more the desk. Oh, okay. So we are at the play. It's a um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which there's never a Snow White. There are only seven dwarfs, right? Uh, Honestly, by this time, this viewing, I checked the fuck out at this point. Well, you were on your phone through more than half of the movie. Well, because I checked out. (laughs) I didn't... I didn't stop watching the movie because I was looking at my phone. I looked at my phone because I was checking out. And I think it's because it's so long. Like, this whole play scene, I think, was so unnecessary. It was the way to... It was the way for Gil to come to terms with the fact that his family is fucked up and that he just has to be okay with it. And that he's on a roller coaster because they... They had talked about that. They had talked about it and then they do, like, visual effects to make... It seemed like, like a roller it's coaster. a roller coaster. Yeah. Because um, there's a situation. Uh, Gil's daughter is playing Dopey. She doesn't have any speaking lines, but they are trying to get Dopey to do something. All of the other dwarves and Justin, the little boy, who is her little brother, who is the one who had the bucket on his head, who was ramming himself into the wall and put himself through like his head through a lawn chair and things like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> He decides to get up and ruin the play. He's like, no, that's my sister. Get off my sister. And uh, Gil feels that's when the roller coaster thing comes in because he feels like he's going to explode. And then he has some sort of epiphany in that moment and realizes that sometimes life sucks. You just have to go with it. (laughs) I I see him just going, I just don't care anymore. 
It almost kind of <laughs> looked like he had a brain aneurysm. Like he just snapped. I was like, I just don't. I just don't care. I'm gonna die. Whatever. Yeah. I might. I think I'm thinking about killing myself later. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> and then at that moment, he actually realized why his dad was cold, and he's like, "That man was a genius." Goodness. Pretend you don't care, and you don't have to care. Yeah, it was a real. Uh, I mean, other things had happened that had come to that moment, but he definitely uh, just had some sort of realization that I'm doing my best and that's all I can do. And things aren't always going to be perfect, but I'm doing my best and I love my family and we're going to get through this. And uh, all of a sudden we cut to the future. Because we know that there are some pregnancies. And everybody's pregnant. But everybody's good and everybody's pregnant. So, who has had a baby? Mary Steenburgen had her baby. Martha Plimpton had her baby. Uh. Uh. Mama? I was just wondering if there was anyone else, but then Diane Weiss ended up having a baby with her boyfriend. Yeah, Martha three, Plimpton's mother. Three pregnancies. I couldn't remember total. if there was one more. Baby. No, there's three pregnancies so, uh, total. That was my brain fart. I was trying to remember if there was something. That I oh, missed. wait. Was there someone else? Did Rick Moranis? Yes, she was pregnant, but she did not actually have the baby. Okay. Yet, but she was pregnant. You're right. So Steam Virgins had the baby. Yes. Plimptons had the baby. Julie. I don't know who Plimpton. Okay, Julie. Buffalo Bill had the baby. Oh my God. Steam Virgins had the baby. How dare I use a real name, but you'll be offensive. Yes. <laughs> Buffalo Bills had the baby. Steam Virgins had the baby. And then Mama, Mama to Buffalo Bill. And Mama just had the baby. Helen had her baby. And then Rick Moranis. We had lady. no idea that she was pregnant, but she's happy in her relationship. Everything is good. Yeah. Turns With out, Mr. Biology Man. Turns out Biology Man has good Knows DNA. Biology. And uh, his little fishies are swimming and he got her pregnant. And Rick Moranis got his wife pregnant as well because she was able to get him to agree to another baby. Do you think that was an agreement? I think that that was or a deal she, breaker. Or, oh, yeah, it was. You're and right. getting back together. I bet it was, I want another child. And he's like, fine. Because they were gonna, they were talking about going on vacation. He wanted to bring their daughter and just get two rooms. She yeah. was like, "No, I want this to be romantic." By the way, that's weird. It's really weird because he wanted it to be a learning experience. Which I mean, it's good that he's a good dad. I think it's weird. Like, were they gonna sleep in one room and she was gonna <clears throat> sleep in the other? They're gonna put their daughter alone. Yeah, that's the weird part to me. But it would be a, jo- a joining room, so they would have that door unlocked. If probably if that's hotels like that. Yeah, Not all do. of them are like that. Not, I'm saying if the hotel's like that. Yeah, but if they went to a hotel... Oh, yeah, they're going to one like that. They, he would pay they for that money. shit, for sure. Um, Even so, though she's a teacher? Babies everywhere. The grandpa decides it's cigar time. There's a no smoking sign. He thinks he can just he just remove the sign. Everyone can smoke cigars. There are babies everywhere. Because what, what do you do when there are babies everywhere? You, you fill the room up with cigar smoke. That's what I was always told. I mean, that is always been a thing. Here's a cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but I know. No, I remember when is. I was younger, my dad would get cigars and it would say like, it's a boy or it's a girl mm-hmm. on it. I don't feel like people do that anymore. Yeah, I remember. Because it's all like, don't smoke. But before it was uh, like, yeah. just have a celebratory cigar. Yeah. I remember I've been handed one actual celebratory oh, yeah, baby cigar. Kent got married, right? Oh, was okay, it? No, I'm sorry. 
Oh no, I did get handed a but you didn't keep a groom's cigar on that yeah. one. I gave it to someone else. I don't like cigars. I agree. It's gross. Yeah. All right. So the movie is basically over. Everyone's happy. Everyone's smoking cigars. Everyone's filling babies' lungs with cigars. It's the new generation. And it's over. And nothing happened. <laughs> In my mind. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, get to some unofficial things. I'm not going to get go through actual questions. Um, I will say things like I recommended this movie because it's something that I've always enjoyed. It's something I feel like I will always enjoy. I watch this probably once a year, maybe, maybe once every couple to a few years. It's definitely something in my rotation, even though I think it's an extended rotation. It's still in there. Um, you, this is the second time we've listened to this. This is the second time we've re- reviewed this. Well, it's the second time I've watched and listened to this. Not watched it because you watched it when you were a child. So it's the third oh, time you've watched that's it. That's true. But you had no recollection of what the fuck no, was happening, I had no so that idea. doesn't technically even count. I had no idea. Would you watch this movie again? Uh, I would never put it in, no. Okay. I mean, it's it made me laugh, but it's not my type of movie. I'm not going to sit there and be like, I'm going to watch Parenthood. Who's your least favorite character? Uh, What's his fucking name? Larry? Yeah, Larry. Larry's the Mozart. worst. And not only... Is he a piece of shit in every way, taking advantage of his parents, having a child and not... I mean, he didn't have a connection with it. I don't think he really knew the kid, but he didn't try to. He just kind of ditched the kid with his parents. No, he just suddenly had a responsibility and he saw a way to get rid of it. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good way to say it. Um, He's easily the absolute worst fucking person in the entire movie. And let's not forget, I mean, because you should watch this. Cool is beautiful. He is a beautiful little boy. So it's insane to me. Fuck you, Larry. Favorite character time. Is this the same? Okay, because we are watching this again, and I know that you said that some things maybe changed. Did your favorite character change? Um. Excuse me. As soon as you asked me a question, a yawn, the classic yawn. And I made you yawn. Uh-huh. Um, it worked. It's contagious. Well, my first, the first podcast I chose Helen. Yes. And I think I still want to choose Helen, but it, I feel like we did not talk about her that much. Yeah, I don't think one. we talked about her as much in this one, but she no, was a very. She was the funny. She, I think she had the most, the funniest lines and the most amount of funny lines. Yeah, I mean, Gil is kind of your go-to main character, plus it's Steve Martin. Just because it's Steve Martin. Um, But when it comes down to, like, actually being strong and on your own and being a comic relief and not just because you're a dad and you have to be a dad. I don't know. I think Steve Martin was fucking great in the movie. Yeah, he's good. But Diane Weiss was great. I just think Helen that, was that Helen character was written very well. So and in, she pulled it off very well. Oh, I agree. For sure. Now, for me, my original favorite character was Frank, the grandpa. Uh-huh. I don't know that if I feel still feel the same way because it was a revelation during our first recording of this. That, excuse me, that I remembered that beginning scene of the movie. Yeah. Where I had initially not really made that connection as much. Uh-huh. God, God damn! It is. You said a bomb. Of, it is midnight. Is it? Yes. Goodness, it is. 
So I'm not I don't I'm not gonna say Frank this time. Let's so who is it? It's Larry. And I'm not so hell bent on this answer because I think that it's kind of a toss up. I think from all of our conversations it has become Helen. But I think that Gil is a close second because I think he is a really realistic person and he just fucking he tries his best. He's not always the greatest. He sometimes says the wrong things or does the wrong things. He's a very human character. But Diane Weiss is also treated terribly, even though her husband left her and she's raising two kids on her own. The dad wants nothing to do with the kids. Yeah, it's crazy, which is crazy to me for sure. It's weird because he's he's a dentist. He's got money. And he's moved on. He yeah. has his a new wife and a new child. And his... I wonder if they have the same dad. I think so. Because she's like, your father left me with you two kids. Oh, okay. But it seems to me like if he's a... He's obviously got some money. So he could take care of those two. And maybe the only relationship that happens is... A fucking check in the it, mail for child support. It could be. Because she does live in a kind of nice house. And she's able to host that dinner where Steve Martin finds her vibrator. Is she like a lawyer or something, though? I don't remember. They definitely make her look very serious, and she wears lady suits. She has lady suits, and she's got like a like big briefcase suits. that had a very long file with it. And she's dating a teacher. So she looks important, like she matters. I'm going to go with Helen. Helen. So that means we both chose the same. Yeah, for both. Larry and Helen. But I do have to say that talking with you about this over time, I think, kind of morphed my opinion. But also just watching it as an adult and from a different perspective. Because I do like the dad. I think the dad is funny. I think the dad has a lot of faults. This time, I'm holding him, his faults more like to the fire than I did before you saw him as more of a real person than as just a funny character yes yeah i saw his faults more like oh wait this guy's actually an ass mm-hmm. yeah and he makes a lot of people feel like shit uh-huh. but then he does like he makes gil feel like shit but then he eventually turns to gil for advice it's tough love man it's weird life's fucking weird families are fucking weird i think that's pretty much tough the, love bro the roundabout thing with this entire movie episode in life is uh people are weird family's weird Sometimes it sucks that we're connected to the people who we're connected to, but it is something that we have no control over, and uh, it is life. Bullshit. You can kill people. (laughs) You can take care of things like that. No problem. (laughs) Don't murder. It's just always my go-to joke. Don't murder. And blame me. So what's up? I'm sitting back and letting you take in... The reins on this one. I want nothing to do with uh, kill people. <laughs> I said not to kill people. Well, how about we go ahead and switch on over to your pick for next week? The pick for next week. What's next, Sam? I figure we'll just go in the van of what we were already doing. Let's get the uh, Dawn of the Dead episode done again. Did you say in the van? In the van. In the van down by the river? <laughs> Let's get in the van. Let's hang get out. The- Dawn by the, the river. And watch Dawn of the Dead with that me. Sounds fun. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna do. All right. Happy, happy. Happy hoopy. Thank you for listening. Droopy, droopy. Uh, clean up your poopy. Clean up your poopy. <laughs> Sweet. Sour. <laughs> Stupid. 
All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jimmy, for everything. Thank you. Go ahead and uh, contact Roland Graphics for all of your designing needs. Bye. 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 I'll fade out. I was going to say bye. 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 When you're sliding in your Chevy, goddamn motherfucking asshole butt. That was the end. And I fucked it up.